Today we take a look at the police investigation into Jeffrey Epstein. We'll meet Police Chief Michael Ryder and Detective Joe Riccari and hear more graphic accounts from some of Epstein's teenage victims. We'll discuss Epstein's defense team and the shady way the state attorney's office and even the FBI handled the case and the charges against old Egg Dick. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought this pedo fuck was a piece of shit in part two, stick around. You'll be throwing up your cool-down beer by the end of part three. This is Necronomapod. Sources tell News Channel 5 that Kenneth Starr, now a top lawyer in Los Angeles, will arrive here tomorrow morning. Reclusive billionaire Jeffrey Epstein, once labeled one of New York's most eligible bachelors, was investigated by the Palm Beach police for months. The police conclusion, Epstein's Palm Beach mansion was a revolving door for women and in some cases girls as young as 16, hired to give Epstein massages. In some cases, the report says, the massages led to sex, not according to a voluminous probable cause affidavit. The Palm Beach police chief protested vigorously when the state attorney's office, citing racy suggestive websites created by some of the girls, charged Epstein with a misdemeanor, a solicitation of prostitution. So it's another uh, dark day here in the cool down media studio. I think this last happened when we were recording during a bonus show. But alas, we have tapped another keg. <laughs> didn't we play taps or something like that? Yeah, well, I think we did. I didn't think it was quite fitting to play for uh, a, a show when we're going to get into some serious <laughs> shit. We don't need to be getting all serious with that. But fair enough. Of course, it happens just before we start recording, too. We have to We're gonna make do though. Rummage around and find leftover beers <laughs> and whiskeys and all that fun stuff. Uh, I wish I had someone that could like remind me what I was supposed to drink. Whiskey, beer, tequila, more beer, more vodka, more whiskey, and more beer. Well, that's what we got now. <laughs> we have rummaged around and uh, found some beers and. If that doesn't uh, cut it, we'll we'll jump to some whiskey. I think you can DoorDash beer now, can you? I think so. We'll God, make, we'll God make bless deal. America. <laughs> <laughs> About to get on Uber Eats and order like one tall boy of Miller Lite. You, I'm pretty sure you can do that. I think you can. <laughs> the driver's yeah. like this fucking guy. They changed Ohio laws for some. They worked around some stuff with that. Night, they're actually just changing it again. You can get actual booze delivered. Really? Yeah, instead of just beer. Man. Great times we're living in. Can you, Dave, so can you put in like a special request on Uber and be like, I only want delivered Eagle Rare. Yeah. <laughs> Do not show up if you don't get it. The fucking right. driver's driving, what, Kentucky or wherever you get that shit. You have to drive down to the actual distillery to get that. It is the best. It's my favorite. It's good. It's, a it's good, my favorite. It's a good, cheap, uh, cheaper end. Oh, well, look at bourbon, this guy. But it's delicious. Throwing cheap around over it's, here. It's like 30 bucks a bottle. Well, it tastes like a million. <laughs> I agree. It's very tasty. You know what the best part of all this is, Dave? What's that, Mike? We finished the high life. No, <laughs> no more. No more of that. <laughs> Lesson learned. Don't skimp to save a few bucks on oh, the keg. We tried. We tried to love it. You just can't. You that can't. Is not a class beer. Uh, yeah, champagne and beers my ass as I as I take a big swell of it over here. But um, so here's a funny story. I live about. I don't know. Several houses down. He's already laughing. <laughs> Several houses down from Dave. And uh, I walk to his house on nights we record because um, I usually get here a little earlier than Ian, who drives on over and joins us. And then Ian's kind enough to, to drive me home uh, at the end of the night. 
And uh, I left my house a little later this evening and I'm walking in the street because there's no sidewalks yet in our neighborhood and walking in the middle of a street in a bright orange T-shirt <laughs> holding notes in my hand. <laughs> and I hear a car coming and I turn and I see it's my good pal, Ian. <laughs> so I stop and smile and wave as he blows right past me, <laughs> not even acknowledging my existence or realizing that I, hey, by chance, could that be my pal walking to the same place I'm going again in a bright orange shirt, carrying notes in his hand. Nope. He got out of the car. He goes, I think I just drove past Mike. I go, yeah, I think he probably did. <laughs> and I just straight up fucking ignored him. You know, and then it's situations like this, like your lack of surroundings that then make me realize why you get lost so much. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ever tell yeah. Ian turn left at the water tower because he ain't fucking seeing that water tower. <laughs> I was literally in the street in an orange shirt holding I, notes in my hand. I saw you. I didn't realize it was you until like well past I... You know, just somebody else wearing an Oilers shirt and a ball cap. Yeah. In all fairness, you couldn't see that. But and I literally stopped and waved at you. Also, I did do that. Yeah. But that you might have been too close and like passing me. I saw still. you wave and I'm like, who the fuck is like? Why is this person stopping and waving at me? And I just kept driving and then I'm like, it hit me as I was getting out of my car. You actually saw me wave. Oh yeah, I saw you wave. <laughs> You're lucky he didn't roll the window down and go, "Hey, get fucked, asshole." <laughs> Jesus, man. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you wave. Why is this guy waving at me? <laughs> Why is this guy who looks identical to Mike waving at me as I drive past his house on the way to the same place we're both going? <sighs> so that's what I'm dealing with. Anyways, that was uh, fun. At least it was a nice day. It wasn't like a rainy, cold day. Yeah. We had snow last week, and today it was what, 80 fucking five degrees? Oh, it's beautiful out. Yeah. Cutting some grass. Yeah, it's one of those days. So, anyways, all right, we what, had. Fun. What's your segue into child raping, Mike? I'm waiting to hear it. Hmm. Now I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna make some inappropriate joke about Ian just being oblivious to what he walking and. Uh, nope, not today, devil. Ian, where'd we leave off? Where we left off on part two. We introduced two underage teenagers using aliases to protect their identity. Mary, age 14, who in February 2005 was recruited to give Epstein a massage at his Palm Beach mansion by another underage teenager, Wendy. Rumors had been spreading around Royal Palm Beach High School about a creepy old guy who would pay girls between $200 and $300 for massages, and word was Mary was one of those girls. In March of 2005, after being called a whore by a fellow student, Mary got in a fight with the girl, leading the principal to find $300 in 20s in Mary's purse. And if we remember, they thought drug dealing, uh, and then Mary just started spilling it all to the school counselor about Jeffrey Epstein. On March 15, 2005, Mary's parents called the Palm Beach police to report what had happened to their daughter. That call was taken by Officer Michelle Pagan. Officer Pagan sat down with Mary, and the following is from Mary's statements and Officer Pagan's notes. Let's start with Mary's statement. This white-haired guy came into the room wearing only a towel around his waist. He took off the towel, and then he was all naked, and he laid down on the massage table. He was a really built guy, but his wee-wee was very tiny. Is this from your college transcripts, or is this the <laughs> police report? <laughs> 
I'm just waiting for Dave to <laughs> cut that bit and it's going to be on the soundboard in three days tops. <laughs> tiny wee wee. Oh, wee wee. <laughs> Which just makes it sound even tinier. Wow. Wee wee. Yeah, we'll do something with that on the soundboard. <laughs> and again, to be clear, this is a 14 year old girl, though, that yeah. had this experience. Also, built. Was he a built guy? He was in shape, yeah. Must be nice. Epstein pleasured himself to ejaculate, and Mary, from her statement, said... He used a towel to wipe himself down as he got off the table. And then moving on to Officer Pagan's notes. While speaking to me, Mary became upset and started to cry. She removed her pants, leaving her thong panties on. She straddled his back, whereby her exposed buttocks were touching Epstein's exposed buttocks. Epstein turned to his side and started to rub his penis in an up-and-down motion. Epstein pulled out a purple vibrator and began to massage Mary's vaginal area. It's weird how the police statement's written. It's like she's doing that during the police interview. The, the way I first read it, yeah. like Mary became upset and started to cry. She removed her pants, leaving her thong panties yeah, on. Like at the police station? Yeah, she did, her, her notes are a little... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess if you're taking notes, like in your mind, it, they're for yourself yeah, because sure. you want to be able to remember to write your report or whatever, but... Yeah, the way it was. Well, I just wanted to clarify for everyone, that's not what was taking place. She was, that was what's taking place in Epstein's home. Right. Throughout part one and two, we've laid out a good base for what you can get away with when you have insane amounts of wealth and connections to powerful people. Still true today. Very true. You can do whatever the fuck you want if yeah. you have a certain amount of money. We also talked about in part two how easy it would be for someone with Epstein's money and connections to completely destroy someone. And in this case, there were two people in law enforcement that were willing to risk that going against Epstein as police chief Michael Ryder and detective Joe Riccari. Already working on chiseling their name in the Necronomapod Mount Rushmore. With Ray Biondi, we just need how many more? One, super one more. One more. One more super cop. Michael Ryder is a guy that's way overqualified to be a police chief. Uh, he should have been in the FBI or some former uh, or some higher form of law enforcement. Uh, Ryder was born and grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, then moved to Florida. He graduated with a bachelor's degree in criminal justice from Florida Atlantic University. He later earned a master's degree in human resource development from Palm Beach Atlantic University. He also graduated from the Senior Executives in State and Local Government Program and Crisis Management Program at Harvard University. And he's a graduate of the FBI National Academy and the U.S. Secret Services Dignitary Protection Program. And you know who else is from Pittsburgh? Who's that? A shitty football team named the Steelers. <laughs> 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 well, it's funny he he talks a lot he's in that um that netflix documentary a lot when angie and i were watching it we're like he's not from florida he's from he's got to be from pittsburgh or something down that way was and he saying yuns and yens <laughs> and was he eating shitty pizza that was only partially cooked <laughs> And then when I bought the book and I was reading about him and it said Pittsburgh, I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. that makes sense. <laughs> they can spot each other, these guys. <laughs> yeah. Yin should really try this pizza. It's <laughs> not cooked at all. It's so good. They eat pizza with the cheese falling off while slugging a yingling. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with yingling. I like yingling. Yingling light. I like. I do not like regular yingling. No? I don't know why. I just don't love the taste. But yingling light, I can do. Yeah, you didn't used to be able to get yingling in Ohio. So it was always a thing if someone was going to Pennsylvania. Hey, pick me up a case of yingling. Right. You know, the yeah. second it 
they had it in a distributor in Ohio. I never bought it again. You're like, this is terrible. I don't know what I was talking about <laughs> those years. What's funny is like that was during my era too. Like it only recently became available within the last yeah, probably the last decade 10 years. Or so. Yeah, yeah. So when I was in college, go to I, I'm you know in like mid Ohio. And there's people from Pennsylvania and West Virginia and, you know, all about, and they're talking about Yingling, and, yeah. you know, this, 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 and you know, Yingling, it's so good. I'm going to get some, oh, I can't wait to go home and bring Yingling back after Christmas. And I tried it. I'm like, it's like Budweiser-ish. <laughs> like, it's not, it's okay. <laughs> this is what you're going nuts about. It's not that great. Yeah. I don't know. I've just, it's been okay. Like, I would drink it if you give it to me, but uh, Yingling light, I actually prefer. What's it? The gold and, or black and tan? They're a real dark one. Oh, I don't like those at I all. I like that yeah, one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever had that one. Yeah, it's pretty good. What's isn't there a black and tan with like a Guinness? Like like one of those Guinness and Bass, right? Is like, that what it is? Those are good. I yeah. don't like the Yingling one though. I don't I've never, I've never had, had the Guinness one. Is that it? A bass? I'm black not, and tan? There's a whole list. Yeah, there's a couple correct black us. and this, black and Someone's that. I think I want to say it's a bass sale. Correct us. On if that. I'm wrong, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> isn't it a what's a starry night? Is it with Guinness or with Jaeger? Where you add Goldschlager? Because it's dark and then you have like the little gold crystals. Yuck. Jaeger and Goldschlager. It could be in a Guinness. I can't remember. Either way, I wouldn't drink that either. Does not sound good. No. No. I do love Guinness. I don't necessarily love when it's mixed with things. I like Guinness a lot too. It's not terrible. Big fan. Big fan. Okay. (laughs) Getting to Detective Joe Riccari. um, He has since passed away. He was born in Queens, New York, and eventually ended up on the Palm Beach Police Force. A quote from his obituary. Was one of the most decorated police officers in the history of the department with more than 150 commendations, 11 Officer of the Month awards, and a 2013 Palm Beach Police Foundation Officer of the Year award. It's impressive. Both of these guys have quite the damn resume. Yeah, especially writer. When I was when I read all his stuff, I'm like, yeah, how the fuck? Why is this guy a police chief? But he was trained for everything else. Yeah, it's he just, according to stuff I read, he just liked being kind of low in there with just with the community in Florida. And writer already had Epstein on his radar as knowing Epstein was a very wealthy and powerful person, but feeling like something was off about him. In 2004, officers on writer's force had relayed to him complaints that they were getting from people who lived in Epstein's neighborhood about young girls coming and going late at night and hanging around by Epstein's gated entrance. Writer had officers go investigate it, but at the time they found no evidence of underage girls going to Epstein's. In his deposition uh, regarding some of the stuff, he said they thought it could be, you know, easily be some type of prostitution going on. He was like, but we're not gonna, you know, waste resources to go stake out this guy's house. Yeah. Unless we have proof, you know, something saying like underage girls or something right. like that. Still would think Epstein might be a little more cautious, try to blend in more. Bunch of young girls like outside your gate in the middle of the night. It doesn't sound great. No. It's not like a great idea. It's just that arrogance though. Of, yeah. What, what's everyone going to do? Yeah. In, it's like if you saw his neighborhood, they show it or look at pictures. It's really secluded. Like mm. um, the houses are... Like his had these big um, like bushes, shrubs, I don't mm. know, whatever, but like huge ones. It's all really um, like sealed off okay. from each other's house. So, yeah. yeah, having young girls just hanging out yeah, by, right. by the street is going to stick out like a sore thumb. Right. Dope. Around the time the complaints came in, 
Epstein went to the police department to personally donate $90,000 to Ryder for whatever the department needed. So he just walked in, went to Ryder's office, and handed him a check for $90,000. Ryder noted that he felt something was off about Epstein, and the young woman with Epstein raised his suspicions. That young woman was Nadia Marchenkova, age 19 at the time. We talked about her in part one as one of the people in Epstein's inner circle. This is the, the woman that Epstein was accused of purchasing when she was 15 years old from Czechoslovakia. The first thing writer noticed was that Epstein didn't introduce Nadia to him, like basically she didn't exist. And then he noticed something was off about her body language. She stood really still, didn't really move much and looked straight down at the ground, never made eye contact, never said a word, anything. Fits the profile. I have no doubt that you can buy 15-year-old girls to, you know, in different places in the world. Sure. Yeah. In certain countries, yeah. Also, show note, Czechoslovakia doesn't exist anymore. Can confirm. (laughs) (laughs) I still want the audience to think that we didn't know that because they're going to be emailing us and telling us that, so... You mean the same group of people that don't know that Australia is a continent day? I don't think so. No one's emailing us about geography. The same people that don't know time zones when we're doing Zooms and happy hours and all that. We're safe. Okay. But thank you for I'll, clarifying. I'll take your word. Professor Dave, word. thank you. <laughs> hey, real quick, real quick. It's been a while. I haven't heard that in a while. Throwback. At least in the middle of a show. Usually it's right. safe for the end. It's the Czech Republic and Slovakia. Two different. Oh, OK. Now. I was wondering. I was like, well, wait, he said they broke. It's not. a. It's, it's it's broken up. But what does it become? I thought you just meant like Germany and Italy. I thought that was oh. usually the former Czechoslovakia. <laughs> Thank you for the education. <laughs> Anytime. The more, you know, I mean, all those boundaries they drew in after World War One when that made up those countries that weren't really full of the same kinds of ethnic ethnic groups proved to be problematic later. I, I think you don't say <laughs> I'm sorry we can go back to the story <laughs> if you want to give us a whole history on Europe we'll sit here and listen if you'd like people want to know so writer had this bad feeling about Epstein since 2004 now he's got this written statement from Mary about you know what happened to her so with Mary's statement writer instructed officer Pagan to set up a phone call between Mary and Wendy Since Wendy recruited Mary, the thought was to see if Wendy would arrange for Mary to visit Epstein again. This is a transcript from the the phone call. I'm going to read Wendy and Dave's going to read Mary so people know what the hell's going on. Hey, what's up? Nothing. I talked to Jeffrey and I'm going to his house tomorrow morning. I'm going to set something up for you. Cool. Like, what do you think? I don't know. I'm going to talk to him tomorrow morning when I go to his house about it. Um, How much would I get paid? Talk to him. I'll talk to him tomorrow, and then I'll bring you in the next day. You can talk to him about it. I don't know. You're going to have to talk to him about it. I mean, I don't really work for him like that. I just bring girls to him, and they work for him. You can ask him, like, what can I do to make more money? The more you do, the more you get paid. Do you want me to bring my sister for you so that we can get paid more or something? Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm working tomorrow, and me and him are going to put a schedule together for you and your sister. So I'll call you tomorrow when I leave Jeffrey with a schedule. Okay. Well, I don't have a phone, so if you guys call me, I'd have to know what time so I could get the phone. Okay, I'll leave you a message. That's fine. I'll leave you a message. Bring your sister, huh? Yikes. How old's her sister? Uh, I think younger than oh, her, so if I'm correct. So, I mean, right off the bat, that's pretty damning, yeah. right? I mean, you would consider that pretty damning. That's not great. That would land one of us in jail. 
For a long time. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. With this writer launched a full-scale investigation into Epstein, first to surveil his mansion and collect Epstein's trash for evidence. It didn't take long for detectives to find a piece of paper in Epstein's garbage that had both Mary and Wendy's name written on it. From there, writer needed to start building a case and specifically find more victims. Back in 2004, we talked about there were the complaints of young girls coming and going from Epstein's, and in Wendy's phone call with Mary, she said her job was to bring girls to Epstein. So he's like, there has to, you know, obviously there's more victims out there. <laughs> right. In the beginning of September of 2005, Epstein called Ryder to ask him if they had purchased the firearm simulator they needed with the $90,000 donation he gave. Number one, Ryder never told Epstein what they were using that money for. So huge red flag. Ryder told Epstein they were still looking into which one to buy. And Epstein told him, well, if you end up needing more money to let him know that he would pay for the whole thing. So now Ryder knows that Epstein knows that there's an investigation into him. So in his mind, he's like, got to move quick and do everything by the book. So yeah. this guy can't come back with powerful lawyers and squash the whole thing. Yeah. So did, did he have a mole in the police department? He had someone that was uh, giving him updates? That's what you likely. Would, yeah. Because he there was people um, that had said that he had bragged multiple times saying, like, I own the Palm Beach Police uh, Department and stuff. Not Ryder, motherfucker. What you own is an egg dick. <laughs> <laughs> yep. A tiny, what was it? A tiny wee-wee. Yep. Egg dick. Thus far, it's been called tiny. It's been called a wee-wee. It's been called an egg dick. It's been called deformed. That is not something I want my name attached to ever. <laughs> Mm-mm. Also, the pedophilia. Well, yeah, there's that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it, just the just the term "wee wee" it puts it in perspective of the girl's age. Oh yeah, in my yeah. mind, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I don't think I taught we talked about it, but the book "Filthy Rich" that I read for a lot of this stuff, that one really lays out like right in the beginning Mary's age. Like it talks mm-hmm. about her bedroom and talks about how there's teenager stuff, but it's like the in between kid and teenager phase where mm-hmm. she still has stuffed animals. Yeah listening to Britney Spears, like it really paints the picture for that. This is a kid that has zero experience yeah. with this, this kind of stuff. Worse. Uh, because, you know, grownups don't listen to Britney Spears. Is that what you meant? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I, yeah. <laughs> I, think I text you after I read that part explaining it. I'm like, I'm like, well, not, you know, the first thing I thought was <laughs> this 14 year old girl and Mike listen to the same music. <laughs> I don't believe I've actually listened to Britney Spears in about 20 years. Really? Yeah. You haven't listened to a single song? Oh, I mean, some of the old classic hits, but of uh, course, everyone uh, loves those. Yeah. I mean, she's literally the greatest female pop artist of all time, as voted by Rolling Stone magazine, uh, by GQ magazine, Playboy GQ. magazine, uh, Billboards magazine, myself, we've all agreed that she's the greatest female pop artist of all time. Well, you can look it up. It's all there. Okay. It's on our Wikipedia okay. page. Just give me 10 minutes. <laughs> so on September 11th, 2005, a teenager named Allison, which is an alias, uh, at the time she was 18, was pulled over by police and she had marijuana on her. The officer put her in cuffs and when she was in the backseat of the car, she started telling him, that in exchange for not getting in trouble for the weed, she knows all about a guy in Palm Beach paying high school girls for sex. 
and she's one of the girls. She had been going to Epstein since she was between 15 and 16 years old. According to how the report and everything goes down, is this cop was like, didn't know that this investigation was happening. So I was like, what the fuck is this girl talking about, you know? But once Ryder heard about it, he and Ricari went through all the garbage or all the trash they had been taking from Epstein's house. And sure enough, Allison's name and cell phone number were on some of the papers found in the trash. Well, that's a good bit of corroboration. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Also, why is a young girl getting put in handcuffs for having weed? Just stop. Florida. Ridiculous. <laughs> He's a little fired up over there. The words handcuffs and weed should not be in the same sentence. Well, I mean, unless you're pre-gaming with some weed and then you just handcuff your lady to the bedpost and you're having a fun night. Well, all right. <laughs> I mean, that's how I did it in college, right? That's how everyone does it. Is that how you did your single weed? I did. We would do a weed <laughs> and then we would handcuff each other and take turns and yeah. The end. Then I'd run if we got if we got low or felt like we were you know sobering up. I'd run out back to like the woods and I'd pick some more weeds and then we'd come back in and we would light them and smoke them and. Oh, so you're smoking like dandelions and stuff. That's, 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 that's a weed. Yeah. There's legitimately a weed. Am I wrong? <laughs> I got like a like a blunt. There's like that yellow flower hanging out of the end. I'm sitting there like I'm like fucking Snoop Dogg. <laughs> So Detective Ricari interviewed Allison, and this next part is from his report. And this is the stuff that was put into, like all these long quotes that you're going to read, Mike. This is all from the probable cause affidavit that was filed to arrest Jeffrey Epstein. Allison stated that during her many visits, a routine was established between her and Epstein. She would enter the house and get naked in the bedroom. He would then start with a back massage. Epstein would roll onto his back, allow her to massage his chest area. Allison stated that Epstein would then begin to masturbate himself, at the same time would insert his fingers in her vagina and masturbate her with his fingers. Allison explained Epstein would continue this process until he ejaculated. He would then utilize a vibrator slash massager on her vagina until Allison climaxed. Allison advised that during her frequent visits, Epstein asked for her real age and Allison stated she was 16. Epstein advised her not to tell anyone her real age. Allison advised that things escalated within the home as Epstein would instruct and pay Allison to have intercourse with his female friend, Nadia Marchenkova. Allison explained that intercourse included using strap-on dildos, large rubber penises, and other devices Epstein had at his disposal. Epstein would watch them have intercourse and masturbate himself. Occasionally, Epstein would then join in during the female-on-female intercourse and provide oral sex to both Allison and Marchenkova. This occurred during the time Allison was 16 years of age. Allison advised this continued to escalate during a two-year period. The routine became familiar to Allison. Epstein's assistant, Sarah Kellen, would telephone her every time Epstein was in the town of Palm Beach and would place appointments for her visit and work for Epstein. Each time something new was introduced, additional monies were produced and offered for Allison to allow the acts to happen. Allison consented to perform all these acts, but was adamant that there was an understanding with Epstein that no vaginal penetration would occur with his penis. Allison explained Epstein's penis was deformed. She explained that his penis was oval-shaped. She claimed when Epstein's penis was erect, it was thick toward the bottom, but was thin and small towards the head portion. She called Epstein's penis egg-shaped. 
She stated Epstein would photograph Marchenkova and her naked and having sex and probably display the photographs within the home. Allison stated during one visit to Epstein's house in which she provided a massage to Epstein, his female friend, Nadia Marchenkova, was also present. Allison provided the massage in which Marchenkova and her would fondle each other's breasts and kiss for Epstein to enjoy. Towards the end of this massage, Epstein grabbed Allison and turned her over onto her stomach on the massage table and forcibly inserted his penis into her vagina. Allison stated Epstein began to pump his penis in her vagina. She became upset over this. She said her head was being held against the table forcibly as he continued to pump inside her. She screamed no, and Epstein stopped. She told him that she did not want to have his penis inside of her. Epstein did not ejaculate inside of her and apologized for his actions and subsequently paid her $1,000 for that visit. Allison stated that she knows he still displays her photographs throughout the house. I just, I don't get why kids, like you can, when you have all that money, you can get girls all day, every day to, to do that. Not, you know, some dudes, I guess. Or you think it's because of his weird cock that like adult women would be like, what the fuck is that? And more kids weren't going to say anything. There's some of that I, in here, maybe. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's like a million dollar question, right? Like, why does that happen? Is it, is it the power of it? Is it that he's turned on by kids' bodies? Yeah. Is it the fact that he he just likes that he can get away with it, so that turns him on? Is it all the above? So strange. It's very strange because some of them, like, they really, really look like kids. Mm -hmm. Like, you can tell, like, right off the bat. It's not like some of these girls, it's not like teenagers that could pass for being 18 or something. Yeah. Like, a lot of them, they look like 14-year-old kids. Uh, this was the part the, this was one of the that that report was something that that shocked me i, I didn't realize mm -hmm. so I, like how deep some of this went and how uh i it guess sounds graphic like it was yeah. well and yeah just that impulse like she's doing exactly what you wanted her to do but all of a sudden you just turn her over flip her on the bed and you just rape her it sounds just like, like so many other of these girls too who knows how many there are. Yeah. How many others didn't say no mm. or didn't, you know, cry out and just took it. A creep. This was a huge development in the case. Ryder and Ricari had been working around the clock, talking to these teenagers and young women, building basically what would end up being a pyramid scheme of Epstein raping and sexually assaulting underage girls. Um, all of this was statutory rape and sexual trafficking of minors. But now with Allison's statement, they had a forcible rape where Epstein had inserted himself into a minor. It is a pyramid scheme, isn't it? It's really strange. It, it's 100% yeah. a pyramid scheme. And we'll talk about it later. He gets, he would just get these girls to recruit other girls and it just went and went and went. How far it went out, who knows? Some kind of network the guy's building there. Did you know if you stand Epstein's cock uh, on the vernal equinox, it'll stand up on its own? <laughs> Just like an egg. <laughs> Is that like an old science experiment? I th something like that. Yeah. On that on the spring equinox, the egg should stand straight up on, on its end. I wonder if his will. So I thought maybe his did too. <laughs> Never mind. It's, it's ridiculous. In the probable cause affidavit that they would later present as evidence to arrest Epstein. Writer and Ricari also included Wendy in the statement. And according to Ricari's report, it said, Approximately two years ago, just after she turned 17 years of age, 
Wendy was approached by a friend named Molly at the Canopy Beach Resort in Riviera Beach. Wendy was asked if she wanted to make money. She was told she would have to provide a massage and she could make $200. Wendy thought about the offer and agreed to meet with Jeffrey. Molly, whose last name is unknown, and Tony, whose also his last name is unknown, picked Wendy up and she was taken to Epstein's house. Upon her arrival to the house, she was introduced to Epstein in the kitchen of the house. She was also introduced to a white female known to her as Sarah Kellen. She was led upstairs to the main bedroom known to her as Jeff Epstein's bedroom. That's NASCAR Sarah, right, Mike? That is the Sarah Kellen who married former NASCAR driver. Mm. Sarah arranged the massage table and covered the table with a sheet. She brought out the massage oils and laid them next to the massage bed. Sarah then left the room and informed Wendy Jeff would be in in a minute. Jeff entered the room wearing only a towel. He removed the towel and laid nude on the massage table. He laid on the table on his stomach and picked a massage oil for Wendy to rub on him. I asked how he tried to touch her. Wendy stated that Epstein grabbed her buttocks and she felt uncomfortable. Wendy stated she performed the massage naked. At the conclusion of the massage, Epstein paid Wendy $200. Question. Should a guy with this much money have paid people maybe a little better? The number is very strange. It's always $200, no yeah. matter what. No matter what they do, pretty much. Like, I mean, I'm guessing the guy who's raping underage girls like just isn't thinking like, yeah. oh, what can financially help them or what would be better? I'm just thinking maybe they'd be more prone to keep their mouth shut if they were making I don't know, a but little bit 14 larger. years old, $200? I guess, yeah. He also prayed... He also preyed on all lower income girls. That came 200 from, bucks is going to be a lot yeah. of money. Yeah. All lower income girls. You know, a lot of them came from broken homes, drug issues. Okay. He, he wasn't going out and, and doing this to, you know, I don't know. Maybe paying them more too makes them more prone to get caught. Too much flash. You know, like that scene in Goodfellas when they pull off that big heist and then they're showing up with mm -hmm. new Cadillacs and 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 fur coats and, and De Niro gets all pissed. Like what? You, you can't be showing this off. Yeah. Like the one girl got caught with. Yeah, that actually happened, name? right? Yeah, with Mary. $200. And, yeah. you know, if she's rolling around with a thousand, now it becomes an even bigger issue. That's a good I, point. I don't know. I feel like I'm making excuses now for this guy. <laughs> like that's not what I'm trying to do. But I think some of it kind of goes along with. um with serial killers, how serial killers a lot of times just target prostitutes because no one's going to uh, think twice about if they go missing. Yeah. If one of these girls went to the police, you know, they have a not great record with the police. They have drug mm -hmm. issues and stuff. Police are going to be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. So you've been, go you know, you've been going to this multi-million dollar mansion and like just the credibility. Yeah wouldn't be there. I think that was part of his plan. Uh, that's a, that's a great point. After the massage, Epstein stated to Wendy that he understood she was not comfortable, but he would pay her if she brought over some girls. He told her the younger, the better. Wendy stated she once tried to bring a 23 year old female and Epstein stated that the female was too old. Wendy stated that in total, she only remembers six girls that she brought to see Epstein. Each time she was paid $200. Wendy said at the time she brought these girls to Epstein's house, they were all 14 to 16 years of age. Yeah, you get yourself indicted for trafficking, doing that kind of shit. There's an interview in one of her later interviews with the police. They're like, they're like just so you know, you've implicated yourself yeah. in this crime. And my opinion of her is she's a victim just as much as everybody yeah, else. Right. Yeah. She was brought in underage. It's the same thing with that Nadia 
What did we say her last name is? Marchenko. Marchenkova. Marchenkova. Yeah. yeah. She was 19, right? Yeah. And that, and I know in part one, I said, I don't understand how these women weren't, aren't in prison. I was speaking about Sarah Kellen and, Mar- and uh, Nadia. Mm-hmm. I kind of backtracked on that thought a little bit as I was writing this one, because if the allegations are true and she was purchased at 15 years old and brought over here, she's just as much of a victim as anybody else too. So what's she going to do if she says, yeah, like the her this whole thing with that Allison girl, if she's like, yeah, I'm not doing that, Jeff. Jeffrey's like, yeah, well, I fucking own you. So you are. Yeah, I literally purchased you. Yeah. It's just like the girl in Nexium who were bringing people into the branding cult where, you know, she was the initial victim herself, but she almost got charged in that whole thing for trafficking. Yeah. Who was that again? That wasn't the actress, was it? The she actress's actor. daughter. Yeah. Her name escapes me right now, but... It's fucking knee pads. That's all I think about when I think of Nexium. It's a <laughs> fucking goofy-ass photo <laughs> and how the fuck that guy got so many girls and then... When you do look like that and you are able to get those girls, how you can treat them like that. Hey, I feel like this is a, it's a, it's a gray area. You know what I mean? Like the law, what? the what law mean? with Wendy mm-hmm. that she could be easily indicted for trafficking. Yeah. Like, I mean, in, it's a gray area know. in my mind. Like I get what the law yeah. says, but in my mind, I'm like, well, she, she doesn't know victim. what she's doing. Right. You know, she's, she's making money. She's in, trying to help her friends make money and that you're going to do things that you don't maybe like doing, but you get paid well and, mm. you know, I don't know. Well, the cops are just going to use it as leverage. Right. India Oxenberg. That's who I was thinking. Yeah. It just came to me. No, that is not at all who I was thinking about. <laughs> Who's the big time celebrity that got involved in Allison Mack? Man. That's who I was thinking. She's going to go to prison eventually. Yeah. She's yeah. done. She's going bye bye. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's why when you guys said like, oh, she's innocent. I was like, wait a minute. No, that's not who I'm thinking yeah. of. Allison Mack. Yeah. Ryder and Ricari were able to get statements from five victims and 17 witnesses with the exact story. They were paid 200 for each girl they recruited, 200 for a massage that involved sexual assault of a minor, and more money if they were willing to take that sexual assault further. In all, this investigation would continue and that number would rise to 80 known underage girls assaulted by Epstein. But for the probable cause affidavit, it was five victims, 17 witnesses. Ryder took the affidavit to Judge Laura Johnson, who signed off on a search warrant for Epstein's Palm Beach mansion. At this point in our story, there seems to be a large number of corroborating witnesses and evidence. And uh, things look bad for Jeffrey (laughs) at this point. And we'll get to that next week. Stay tuned after this ad where Dave tells you the complete history of Czechoslovakia. (laughs) We'll be right back. <laughs> Is there something interfering with your happiness? Something keeping you from achieving your 2020 goals? Let's face it, these are certainly trying times. From being cooped up inside your home to wondering how you're going to pay next month's bills, we're all experiencing some form of stress or strain on our mental health. And for that, BetterHelp is here for us. BetterHelp is an online mental health provider that will assess your needs and match you up with your own licensed professional therapist. The best part? No waiting rooms. That's a pretty big deal if you're as impatient as I am. BetterHelp is a safe and private online environment that will have you communicating with a counselor within the first 24 hours. And once you've begun, you can send your counselor a message at any time, always getting a helpful response in a timely manner. You even have the ability to schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all from the comfort of your very own couch. 
BetterHelp is available worldwide and has a broad range of expertise available, including licensed professional counselors who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflict, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're currently recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Not happy with your counselor? No worries. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches and makes it easy and free to change counselors if needed. Remember, everything you share with your BetterHelp counselor is completely confidential. And while it's not a crisis line, it is a convenient, professional, and affordable way to seek the help you deserve. Financial aid is even offered to those who qualify. Want to hear how BetterHelp assisted people just like you? Check out the testimonials posted daily on their site. Look, we here at Necronomapod want you to start living a happier life. So, as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting BetterHelp.com Necro. Join over 1 million people already taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, BetterHelp.com slash Necro. On October 20th, 2005, police executed the search warrant on Epstein's mansion. When they served the warrant, one of Epstein's employees was on the phone, presumably talking to Epstein, letting him know what was going on. They knew they needed to conduct this search by the book with no errors, because like we talked about before, Epstein was going to have a team of lawyers and any fuck-ups they were going to jump all over. While police went inside, Ricari read the warrant to Epstein's employee, and this was filmed so there could be no question if something wasn't done or said correctly. Smart. Good move. I have a quick question. Sure. So all of this, all of the allegations, everything that came out, essentially, at least up to this point, all happened in Florida. Nothing really with regards to his like New York mansion and like all those weird eyeballs and all that shit. Yeah, we'll get to. We haven't even talked about the island yet, and that's the thing everybody oh, gotcha. centers around. The he called it Little Saint James Island. Mm. That's the one where. That's when we'll get into Bill Clinton, Prince Andrew. Oh, can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just wanted to make sure. This is all the floor. I'm sorry. Oh, Mr. President. Was, it's never happened to you in an island. I don't know what an island is. <laughs> never been outside of Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> I could see Bill Clinton saying that, that he's never left Arkansas. <laughs> what's, what's your definition of <laughs> island? Depends on your definition of <laughs> left. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Arkansas, if you consider it the whole world, and I've never been outside of Arkansas, so. <laughs> all right, so it's all in Florida still. Yeah, this stuff is all Florida. It, as far as the world knew, at this point, this, we're talking just Florida. They, the island is not this big thing the media knows right. about, like all the things going on there. And New York has been nothing thus far as right. well. Yeah. The first thing writer noticed was that every girl's description of Epstein's house was exactly the same. The winding stairs to a long hallway that was carpeted pink, the spa area that had a green and pink couch, the wooden chest of sex toys, all of that was accurate. Second, it looked like someone had tipped off Epstein because things looked like they had been moved. Shelves looked like they had been moved around, hard drives were missing from computers, and some pictures were removed from the house, including that long hallway to the spa area. Remember in part one, we said, uh, at most, 18 years old, some of those pictures of oh, yeah. naked oh, yeah. girls. Well, that girl just referenced that she knew he still had pictures hanging on the wall. Right. So a lot of those were taken down. So it really makes you wonder, 
what was taken out and like what was on those hard drives because what Ryder and Ricari found was extremely damning. What they found were many naked pictures of underage and young women, some of which were the girls named as victims in the probable cause affidavit. So I, I feel like if the police <laughs> found one <laughs> naked picture of an underage girl in my house, like I'd be gone for 10 years immediately, you know, well, as well as Chris so Hansen well. showing up, <laughs> Dateline NBC, there's helicopters overhead. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a thing. The fact that one of the underage girls that's in the probable cause affidavit is photographed in his house. Right, exactly. For the police and everyone to see, it should be a close. We shouldn't even be talking about this for another. How do you come back from that? Yeah. We shouldn't even have. This really wouldn't even be a topic. No. He would just go away and that'd be it. Right. There shouldn't be a part four or a potential part five. I cannot allow this piece of shit to be the reason we go part five for the first time ever. We must wrap this up in four. There shouldn't be any more conversation. Yeah. They found notepads with girls' names, dates, phone numbers, and little notes next to them like, quote, I have girls for him, all in Sarah Kellen's handwriting. On the computer that was on Epstein's desk, they found pictures of the girls named in the probable cause affidavit that looked like they came from a hidden camera in a clock in Epstein's office. Also on this desk was Allison's high school transcript. Fuck is that all about? Maybe that's him trying to promise her I'll get you into a college, so I need your transcript, uh, or I'll get you into the best. Yeah. Yeah. Probably the Something West like Memphis that. three went to all were convicted on like a tenth of the <laughs> evidence than we've just heard about. Like here. they yeah. existed and that was the evidence against <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah. Right. This guy literally has child porn on his walls and they're like, well, <laughs> no, I don't know. Florida. Uh, they, they also found a lot of random shit, like tons of UFC DVDs. I want to talk about that. <laughs> you just had a ton of UFC Some old Tank Abbott fights yeah. from the uh, early 90s Ken Shamrock versus uh, Frank Shamrock <laughs> Brother versus brother Dan Severn in there just choking oh, people Severn. out Severn. He had uh, a lot of B Like B-list movies um, Books on Like sexual books on On like slave Like master and slave type mm. stuff um, Probably some egg cookbooks. <laughs> a lot of ones that really involve like massaging the egg. That's, <laughs> nope, I regret that instantly. A lot of uh, a lot of peach flavored stuff, like peach oh. lube, peach everything. Lots of peach stuff in that spa. Into that. Room. Yeah, and a lot of uh, penis and vagina shaped soaps everywhere. Okay, there probably is a good market for like sex shaped soaps mm. now. I feel like that's something. I mean, I wouldn't buy it, but yeah, I guess. yeah. I mean, it's out there. I mean, yeah, it's not my thing, but I'm not here to kink shame. I mean, unless you're fucking kids, and I'm gonna kink shame you. <laughs> well, yeah. But, I mean, maybe like it would be like a funny gag gift or something. Yeah. Not like, for a billionaire just to be having. I mean, it's very weird given the <laughs> fact that strange. all the other evidence this guy has in his house. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't help his case. <laughs> wow. Penis soap, huh? All right. Yeah. At least you're clean. I don't know. Cleanliness is next to godliness, as I always thought. <laughs> I so, so like stuff like this makes me think about randomly like, OK, if the police just ever showed up at my house randomly with a search warrant, like what would they find? Because like then you're going to like 
everything you find is going to be investigated and it's going to be mm-hmm. overblown. What could they find in my house? That's like the weirdest thing that like I would have like in my office or something like that. And I, I don't know. I have a 12 inch dragon dildo that somebody <laughs> mailed us to the show. So they'd find that at my house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, you'd be in big trouble if there was ever some, <laughs> some allegations made. <laughs> I did not have a 12 inch. Uh, so dragon. shout out to bad dragon dildos. Yep. Pretty durable. <laughs> hey, all right. Man. Hey, that's fine. Yeah. I don't know. So like, I think about that and I'm like, I don't know what it like. I don't know. I have I a bunch see. of hand sanitizer in my desk drawer. Are people going to find that and be like, oh, he's using this to jerk off. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Like the, clean his cock and tongue. Yeah. This guy, huh? Look at these different scents. He loves it. Well, they find a bunch of, uh, Test drawings for your Amazon Necronomapod shirts that you designed? Uh, no, because literally first draft makes sense and that is it. Both of those shirts we would release were literally me sitting there at my desk. You know, I think, you know, the one I had a couple uh, 19 crimes uh, Cabernet in me, a couple oh. glasses of 19 crimes. Yeah. Oh, ooh, it was 10 bucks at the gas station day. <laughs> Settle down, Pally. It's not that expensive. I do love 19 crimes wine, though, for the record. Um, that wine was f- committed more crimes than I've seen, apparently. <laughs> Guiltier. <laughs> yeah. So I've been both times I've been buzzed. Like the, for, well, the first time I was trying to show you guys how I can't draw. And you're like, yeah, we're fucking using that. The second one, I was like, all right, let me try to do something here. And I drew our three faces. And I think that was the night I had, you know, a couple wines in me. And there you go. No. Uh, first take on both. That is 100% shoot truth. Right. I'm going to work on an Epstein penis egg shirt. I'll tell you the way to go, Dave. Hand draw it. <laughs> People love that shit, apparently. <laughs> like, apparently, they like to pretend like you're not a good artist, and it makes them buy more, because they all pretend like my drawings aren't fantastic. <laughs> People still don't know what's in that guy's hand in my first drawing. Entirely debated. I clearly all knew over what, the internet. what I was trying to do, and then I saw people debating it, and it really cut me deep <laughs> that people were like, oh, no, it's obviously this, and I that's not what I was doing. It's clearly a tampon on fire that you're ashing, right? That's exactly it. I was trying to send a message. Like it was like a feminism. Like I'm going to burn this tampon and fuck all those people who hate women. (laughs) That's exactly what I was going for that night after three bottles of 19 crimes, a burning tampon as a proof of my feminism success. Cause 'cause I've been called a misogynist because of all my college nicknames. That's true. You have people don't know those are, are, you know, well, it is what it is. <laughs> so at this point in the story, it's January of 2006. Everything we've talked about, quote wise, has been from that probable cause affidavit. And writer and Ricardi were continuing to build that. So it was airtight to get Epstein arrested. And according to writer, Barry Krischer, the Palm Beach County state prosecutor, said this was looking like a slam dunk case and they could probably put Epstein in jail for the rest of his life. And it seems pretty certain to me. <laughs> I don't know. The evidence we've discussed. I feel like you, the three of us could try this case and get him locked up <laughs> if you'd allow us to. We fucking walk in with like the Three Stooges music playing in the background and we'd still be able to wrap this shit up. <laughs> Also at this time, Ryder and Ricari noticed that they were being followed by private investigators, which was something neither of them had ever heard of happening, where someone being investigated is investigating. That's fucking bold, <laughs> man. To tail the police. It's just another form of bullying and intimidation, like flexing your, your financial muscle. Like, look what I can do. 
you're not that powerful. I'm I'm investigating you. Why don't the cops just like arrest them for menacing? You know? Yeah. Oh, you're gonna follow me? No, that's that's <laughs> not gonna happen. Because I have handcuffs and a badge. Like there was this other there's another private investigator that got involved on the police's side, on the victim's side, and he he had he's had done interviews and he shows showed in pictures where one of Epstein's private investigators is harassing one of the victims, like sitting outside her house, and he just pulls his car right up to the guy, like right up in front of the guy's car has his camera out taking mm. pictures of the private investigator and Epstein must have paid this private investigator very well because he didn't fucking flinch at all. Mm. Just kept doing what he was doing, pointing a camera at this underage girl's house. And then there was investigators, gators <laughs> investigating the investigators who were investigating the investigators who were investigating the cops. And it just goes on and on and on and on and on. And then Casey Anthony was acquitted. <laughs> It's like those Scientology assholes, you know, they bought the house next door to videotape them for two years. Or like when you go up to one of them and point pit, like point a camera and they just act like nothing's happening. They just (laughs) continue to do what they're doing. (laughs) Ricari had been keeping close contact with the victims and their families. And like I said, Epstein started having private investigators harassing the girls and their families. Uh, A private investigator urged Allison to stop helping police that people who helped Epstein would be compensated and those who hurt him would be dealt with. Not the most upstanding private investigators. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, Riccardi immediately filed an incident report with the state's attorney's office. Besides hiring private investigators, Epstein hired probably the strongest team of lawyers you possibly could. Including but not limited to Jose Baez. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Has he actually been charged with anything at this point? No. It doesn't seem like it. Okay. Mm-mm. Let's get into this dream team. A guy named Roy Black has represented multiple celebrities, uh, but is most known for getting a guy named William Smith acquitted on rape charges, which I guess those were pretty concrete rape charges. Yep. And- that was that William Kennedy Smith, Ted Kennedy's nephew that happened in uh, the early 90s. Yeah, that was a big... Uh- Big case in 1991 when you guys were five years old. Yeah. I, I it was remember, all over the news. I remember that clearly. Uh, breaking news on my Nickelodeon. <laughs> yeah, he got that guy off, and it was pretty uh, seemed pretty solid. Uh, he also represented Rush Limbaugh, got him out of trouble for some drug-related stuff. Alan Dershowitz, who we know from the OJ case. Oh, yeah. Ken Starr. Uh, served as the United States Circuit Judge and 39th Solicitor General of the United States. He's best known for heading the investigation of members of the Clinton administration with the whole Monica Lewinsky stuff, that whole ordeal. Yeah, he was supposed to be looking at Whitewater, son of a bitch, not intern (laughs) fucking way out of line. (laughs) Fuck Ken Starr. (laughs) And Gerald LaCourt, a criminal defense attorney who was known for taking clients that no one else would touch. I saw that he dealt with just anybody who was, yeah, in a you know not a favorable person. It was Abby Hoffman's lawyer, Mike, in the Chicago Seven trial? But now it doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, nobody wanted to touch Abby Hoffman in 1968. You know, there's nothing wrong with being that kind of attorney. I mean, everyone deserves a defense. That's right. But you know. In the end, people can clearly see whether or not you're actually trying to help people or if you're just kind of going after the spotlight and the media and the money. That's all I got to say about that. (laughs) 
once Epstein hired these lawyers, the state's attorney's office pretty much stopped all communication with Ryder, Ricari, and all the victims' families. Ryder and Ricari were starting to realize that something was not right with how this case was being handled. And to top it off, Barry Krischer, the state attorney, now wanted to convene a grand jury to look at the charges against Epstein. This is extremely odd because in Florida, a grand jury is only required in a capital murder case. According to Ryder, he couldn't think of any other case that went to a grand jury that was like this. That this is oh, that's weird, huh? Completely unheard of. Hmm. Interesting. So they can just charge you with felonies without a grand jury down there, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's Florida. <laughs> they can also just not charge you with anything with a grand jury down there, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Florida is 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 our Australia, is it not? Like it's just no holds barred. Every match is extreme rules. Like alligators, yeah, plus alligators. <laughs> humidity. One of the two is going to kill you if, if it's not a brutal. random person who's going to get off on it. Mm-hmm. The humidity is not fun. I like, love how we all just focus on the humidity. <laughs> that the was murder. the worst part of it for <laughs> me. Florida in yeah. July is just atrocious. Yeah, I don't know how you live there. I have been to Florida in several different months of the year, more than half. I feel like it's never pleasant, even when it's like a nice 70 degree day. The humidity, you you can't breathe when you walk outside. It's so heavy. The air is just so thick. I don't love the humidity. You get out of the shower and you're still sweating. You're literally sweating in the shower. There's cold water hitting your body and you are still sweating. That's not great. Ugh. I don't, I mean, I know people's bodies can be trained for that stuff. I am not. Yeah. No, it wasn't there's for a, me when I was down there. There's a lot worse reasons to hate on the state of Florida. <laughs> Humidity might be top of my list, but I understand that's not fair. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, out west is much nicer. Absolutely. That's why I would take California any day. I agree. Give me that nice weather and without the fucking humidity. I'd rather take the, I'd take the earthquakes over the humidity. Final answer. Yeah, like I was in Death Valley last year and it's, you know. 120 degrees it's still better than florida it's still bearable <laughs> no humidity. right it's not the most pleasant but it's still you can get by yeah like i've walked around vegas when it was 115 degrees before like eh, it's not that bad yeah. it's not like walking in a swamp oh now in the story we're at april 17th 2006 communication is now completely cut off between police and the state's attorney's office Ricari had been calling multiple times in the morning of April 17th with no answer from the, the attorney's office. So he was like, fuck this. I'm just going to drive there and go talk to someone in person. Ricari drove to the office where it seemed like he was the last person they expected to show up. Like, right. it was like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, the assistant state attorney said she was going to call him back, but hadn't gotten a chance yet. Like, Oh, oh, I was gonna. I meant to call you. <laughs> yeah. Just haven't gotten a chance yet. <laughs> he fucking drops her with a stone cold stunner and then keeps walking. <laughs> That's how I picture him walking through. Like he's stone cold. Like even chair shots, stunners, <laughs> cracking beers. Like he's just raising hell throughout this whole office. She informed Ricari that a plea deal had been offered to Epstein, and if he accepted, there would be no need for a grand jury. This deal was in regard to what happened to Mary. None of the other victims were mentioned in this deal, pretty much like they were just erased from the case. This deal would give Epstein five years probation and no unsupervised contact with minors. There's a, there's a whole law in, uh, in this country that we're going to talk about. 
probably next week that you have to contact victims before plea deals are given. Yeah. So this is the first step or the first part here where it's like laws don't matter anymore when we're talking about Jeffrey Epstein. Right. Clearly. Uh, if you were wondering how these victims were pretty much dropped from the case, Alan Dershowitz presented evidence from the girls' MySpace pages to discredit them. Uh, in the questionnaire on one of the victims' MySpace page, it said, best physical feature, ass and eyes. Or back to Mike's transcript. <laughs> ever drank, ever smoked pot? Yeah. Ever shoplifted? Lots. Ever skinny dipped? Yeah. Do you want to lose your virginity? Already lost it. I don't see how that discredits any one of anything. Yeah. Sounds like pretty fucking awesome life. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like every teenage person's yeah. MySpace page. Why is that even relevant? Smoking weed, stealing, and fucking. Yeah. Well, I think it's safe to say <laughs> only one of us here ever really had a MySpace page. Because <laughs> <laughs> I certainly did not. <laughs> and Dave was too old for that by that time. <laughs> Or if we can find the MySpace in the Wayback Machine. Oh, my God. That'd I tried awesome. to find it not that long ago, actually. Damn it. Here's the thing I remember. Because I would occasionally, like, you can, like, click on people's, like, AOL Instant Messenger. They could have, like, a like a MySpace link. Or, I don't know. Somehow you can get to it. But, like, you could have, like, background music, like, when you went to their page. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, of course. It was Dashboard <laughs> Confessional all the time. You're turning Dashboard into the new uh, Asking Alexandria. <laughs> Like you go to their page and there's like music playing. It's like, what the fuck? And then it was like that old school, like fucking Heaven's Gate font and everything scrolling. And ugh, oh boy. (laughs) I was always changing up my song on there. Of course, yeah. To fit your mood for the day. So that when when people visited their page, they were like either like, oh my God, is he going through something? Listen to this song. Mine would have just been Beth all the time. (laughs) What would it have been? Kiss Beth. Beth, I hear you calling. But I can't come home right now. And people would be like, oh, is he upset? Or is he just like, you know, hanging out with his boys? Exactly. And they just want to rock and roll all night and party every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. I wish I would, I would have rocked MySpace back in the day. I should have been on it. Every time Ian updated his songs, he's probably like, man, I'm going to get so much pussy putting this song. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's probably what it was. <laughs> Take her out I for some it. uncooked pizza and I'm going to fucking bang her. Well, <laughs> playing my dashboard confessional fair, CD. In all fairness, where he grew up, that probably would have worked at big time, right? Like that. You all love that uncooked pizza. Yeah. Take he's, like, he's, he's like, yeah, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> you bust his ass all right to this resource and we just sit here and shit on him. <laughs> I, I tried to find it not that long ago because I was looking for um, some band stuff from like right after high school that I did with one of my friends. Couldn't find any of it. Mm. It's all gone. So they, are they really just deleting MySpace pages? Is that? Yeah, it was all mm-hmm. like, I could get to the page, but nothing would load yeah. properly. None of the pictures or nothing. Interesting. Would load. Just go to myspace.com slash arrow through the heart. 72. <laughs> <laughs> it's also not throw a couple X's in there and <laughs> arrow through the heart. X O X O X X X 72. That's really funny. So writer and Ricari were beyond pissed off at this point. I can't even imagine being in their position because it's like, 
if you're a police officer that really holds up the law and you know you're a good police officer this has to be like the oh yeah is my whole career just based off of a fucking line mm -hmm. like you can just do whatever you want be extremely disheartening yeah uh, Ryder took an unheard step in that on May 1st, 2006, he formally wrote a letter to the state's attorney's office requesting an arrest warrant for Epstein. Like, basically, I want this fucking guy arrested. Yep. And the big one, that Barry Kersher recused himself from the case because he had obviously been compromised. <laughs> the balls on this guy. <laughs> yeah. I fucking nice. love it. Yeah. Good for him. And this, When he did this, this is when people started telling him to back off people in higher circles of power mm. uh, in one of his depositions he talks he doesn't name the politician but he says a prominent florida politician told him you know you shouldn't invest this much time into this case and kind of mm. back off and writers like you should stop talking to me now <laughs> back away from me and stop God, talking wow, I good that, for I him who that was writer is the one no it was recari that passed away yeah Ryder was the uh, chief of police. Let's get him on the show and so he can name names. Man. How do you talk to a man that badass? Uh, yeah, sir. Uh, hello, can sir. I ask you a question. <laughs> you stood up to the state of Florida? <laughs> the whole fucking state, pretty much. And said, suck my dick. I'm not stopping. <laughs> now, how I understand this going down is that Epstein didn't want that plea deal. Like he thought he could do better or wanted better than that which is pretty outrageous five years probation for all that shit that they found um but a grand jury was convened on june 28th mary who at the time was 15 years old was brought in front of the grand jury she wasn't prepped by the state's attorney uh in fact she hadn't spoken to anyone from that office ever uh just like we brought up last unbelievable week. yeah it you know, last week we talked about Stanley shit saying that this is a child. This, Stanley from the office. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this really, yeah. I mean, this really is a fucking child that was just thrown to the wolves and being questioned by Epstein's lawyers. Fucking Alan Dershowitz and Ken Starr are just tearing apart this 15 year old girl and she hasn't been prepped at all. Mm. Bringing up her MySpace page, all this stuff, making her look like this juvenile delinquent child that. You know, how could you believe anything she says? Those two are pieces of shit. Ken Starr and Alan Dershowitz. Outrageous yeah. victim blaming here. Yeah. This grand jury came back with an even more lenient recommendation for charges than the original plea deal was. One felony count of soliciting prostitution with no mention of Mary being underage. Here's the thing with that is that under law, there is no such thing as an underage prostitute that doesn't exist. Like, let's say that there's a 14 year old girl working as a prostitute and you get caught paying for sex. It doesn't matter that she was technically working as a prostitute. You're going to jail for for uh, child trafficking. Yeah, absolutely. There is no such thing in this country as an underage prostitute. You're a trafficking victim. Exactly. Yeah. So Mary, in this plea deal, Mary is not a trafficking victim. She's not in an underage victim. She's just labeled a prostitute. Mm. Part three of our series on Jeffrey Epstein is The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Just so everyone's aware, like, <laughs> doesn't get better from here on out. So, the egg dick your, strikes back. Your blood is just going to boil from here on out. And then we'll see you next week. I'm just letting you know right now. Ryder was officially at his ends with what to do because now laws were just 
flat out being ignored in order to give Epstein a more favorable deal. They're just saying, just making up shit at this point. So Ryder contacted the FBI to have them investigate what had been going on in this case, which went through federal prosecutor of the Southern District of Florida, Alex Acosta. Who would later go on to be Trump's labor secretary. Who will be talked a lot about in part four. How about that? Ryder then hand delivered a letter he wrote to each of the families, which was unprecedented along with the language in the letter. Uh, One part that stood out to me is, quote, I do not feel that justice has been sufficiently served by the indictment that has been issued. Therefore, please know that this matter has been referred to the FBI to determine if violations of federal law have occurred. Motherfucker. He is throwing down. Yeah. I I couldn't even. I'm sure it's happened before, maybe. But for a police chief to go to multiple families with a letter, say, you know, we failed you. Yeah. Justice was not served here. And I've passed it along to higher people. I'm a big fan of this uh, writer guy. The FBI's investigation led to them finding, quote, 34 confirmed minors whose allegations of sexual abuse by Epstein included corroborating details. Also, allegations that 12-year-old triplets were flown in from France for Epstein's birthday and flown back the following day after being sexually abused by Epstein. It was alleged that young girls were recruited from Brazil and other South American countries, former Soviet countries, and Europe, and that John Luke Burnell, MC2 modeling agency, was also supplying girls to Epstein. That was the one we talked about in part one. That was his closest male friend. 12-year-olds. 12-year-olds. Triplets. Flown in for a night. Sexually abused. Mm. Flown home. Uh, There's some text message evidence of this... Jean-Luc Brunel and Epstein where um, it's like a very young girl and she it says like there's a note that says to Jeff from John mm. sick even with this and all the evidence provided by writer and Ricari Alex Acosta for whatever reason didn't feel that this warranted federal charges Instead, Epstein was given a non-prosecution agreement, which guaranteed he would not be prosecuted in the Southern District of Florida and allowed him to plead guilty to one count of soliciting prostitution and one count of procuring a minor for prostitution. This would require Epstein to serve 18 months in prison and register as a sex offender. In a more unbelievable part of the non-prosecution agreement, immunity for any potential co-conspirators was given like that's not like like sit- why he had no leverage against <laughs> right. anything like he wasn't giving up anyone he had nothing to trade it, it specifically names sarah kellen and nadia marchenkova but it was that potential co-conspirators is even broader it specifically named those two but it, it says any potential co-conspirator so anybody it's a sweet deal for no apparent reasons other than he had something on somebody and whatever leverage behind the scene you're never going to know about. On September 24th, 2007, Epstein signed this deal. Yeah, I'm sure he fucking did. <laughs> Dick. The victims were never notified that this deal was offered or signed. And that is where we will pick back up on part four. I told you listeners this was Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> like, this isn't a great one. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you just read it, a lot of it, and it's like... It's unbelievable, yeah. all of it. 
Yeah, it really is. Strangely, I'm hungry for eggs, though, at the end of this episode. <laughs> you want to go to some boiled eggs? egg? <laughs> some scrambled? I think I do, yeah. Well, okay. Hey, everyone's got their kink. I'm not kink shaming. And no talk of Jizz Lane this week. Maybe next week. Ghislaine. Yeah. Sorry, not Jizz Lane. Yeah, she was absent this week. Yeah, in part four, we'll get into Epstein's sentencing for this, uh, his experience in jail, and try to wrap it all up without doing a part five. Boom. We'll see. What have been our four parts thus far? Uh, Jonestown, Scientology, and... Jonestown wasn't four. It was three. Was it? Yep. Scientology. Come on, Mike. You're better than that. Am I? (laughs) Well. Have you listened to the trivia episodes? What was the other one? We did another four-part one. Scientology. Jumping it. John Bonet. Your favorite. Is that it, though? Mm-hmm. I thought there was another one recently. No. Okay. Yeah, I did like John Bonet. Oh, and this fucko now is going to join him. All right, Dave, what are your final thoughts on this one? I'm thoroughly disgusted, I have to say. I don't know. I just I have a hard time empathizing with these pedos, you know? Yeah, I agree. I don't know what the motivation or the... I mean, some people are just fucked up, I guess. There's just no yeah. answer for it, I suppose. I guess we'll see next week what... uh. How all this turns out, or maybe in part five. What about that, Ian? Mm. Yeah, he's committed know. to part four only. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm not even gonna. We currently have our issue ent- any promises anymore about <laughs> anything. It's probably best. We currently have our entire schedule like through May listed out. He's gonna blow it all up. He's gonna, you know, if I happen. if I do a part if we do a part five, then it's just gonna be like what half of June's already booked then too because yeah. we're just, just booking everything back. back. Yeah. Yeah, because we're already into June now with some of what we tentatively mm-hmm. have scheduled. The guy's a fucking pig. I mean, that's my final thought of the day. What do you make of the whole argument that pedophilia is a mental illness? I haven't really read much into it. I know there's that argument out there and it's interesting, but let you know that they you can't help what you're attracted to. Now, I understand you can help what you actually act upon it. Yeah, but I'm sure there could be something to that. I don't know. I find it very interesting just in general to, to kind of look into and read into again, not making any excuses. You, you might be sexually attracted to somebody. That doesn't mean you have to act on it and you have to rape them. Yeah, sure. There was something about money and what it does to your brain. Mm. I want to look at that. I'm going to read about that and bring that up next week. Then we'll fall back on that. Oh yeah. We're going five parts. Like when you have no limits and you can buy anything in the world, does that make you want to, Right. Go to more extreme things that are. Yeah, there was a there was a study that was done about people with extreme amounts of wealth because you you read about this stuff and it's like and you see the names involved and with the island. You're like, what is like every rich person out there Mm. fucking kids like what's happening? And um, yeah, it's it's like this thing that it kind of warps your perspective. But it's like it's like an actual it was an actual study. I, it's a different existence. I don't doubt that. That's what I was saying earlier, though, where I feel like it's like a power thing. Like you have so much money and, you know, how do you make yourself feel more powerful at that point when you when you can buy anything you want? Well, now let's buy things that you're not supposed to buy I, and see if you can get away with it. And then now I own the West Palm Beach police. And it's just like it's like a power thing almost. I, I guess. But if I had that obscene amount of wealth, I would like I feel like I would try to and childhood what poverty you're, you're and hunger also, not fuck kids you're also not sick in the head there's that's also what I something mean, else though. to that like you know, you're, like, you know. Yeah, but if i got that. epstein's wealth today tomorrow i wouldn't want to fuck kids i would want to make the world a better place yeah so i, I don't know like the study that i'm that i'm thinking of that i want to read again it's not 
like it wasn't all geared towards the fact that you know of fucking kids it was other stuff too like defrauding people and Mm -hmm. you know just the whole thing of like she's a psychopath yeah and i think there is some some truth to that that you have to kind of be a sociopath to some level to get to that point in life you have to step on people a lot. Yeah, I think yeah, there's something yeah. to that. There was that study from a while back about CEOs, mm-hmm. how a lot of them had traits of being a sociopath. Yeah. Or you just invest in Dogecoin and yeah. good to go. <laughs> <laughs> I just read an article uh, from, it was actually from that uh, Sasquatch documentary that just got released on Netflix. Yeah. And uh, so I started, it was done by David Holthouse, who's a, you know, like a journalist. And I started reading some of his past stuff mm-hmm. and he has an article out. And I guess it was his big claim to fame where when he was seven years old, he was raped as a child and he wrote an article on it. And that's what kind of blew him up. They turned it into a play. Wow. There's all kinds of stuff. And uh, um, why did I bring this up? There was a whole point to it. Mm, something we had just said. Fuck. I was trying to rack my brain over thinking about what his name was. Uh, yeah, it'll come to me. We can keep going. <laughs> we'll keep talking. It'll come back to me. Mm, I'm sorry. So eventually, so the whole article is a plot that he was going to kill the guy who raped him. Right. He bought a gun sure. illegally, had it all marked up so ballistics wouldn't work, couldn't be traced back to him. His his plan, he the, you know, this is the article he wrote and was to he was going to confront the guy who had raped him, who was he was seven years old and it was uh, him. His parents were good friends with another couple and they had a, a kid that was 10 years older than himself. So he was 17 and that mm. the 17 year old raped him one night while they were playing in the basement. And this was like his parents trusted like, you know, they they had gotten along for years and he, he never told a single soul about this uh, whole house. Yeah. So he. He had this plan. He was going to kill him. He stalked the guy. He, he, you know, knew his schedule. He was ready to kill him. Finally, like not long before he was kind of getting ready to act on it, his mom called him and had found out about the rape. And that was what, from uh, David's perspective, he didn't want it to get known because he didn't want to hurt his family and know that he had kept this secret. Long story short, it ends up becoming getting out to like the families and people who are in the know, you know, close to them. And he confronts the guy just face to face. They set up a meeting. He calls him and says, hey, look, you either, you know, meet with me and acknowledge me or I'm going to start calling your house every day. You have a wife, you have a kids, you have kids like th- this is, you know, I'm going to make this a thing. So anyways, he meets the guy who raped him and and the, the guy who, who raped him, according to the, his article, was very remorseful, seemed to be genuine about it and said, look, at, at, at that age, at 17 years old at that time, I just felt like other people didn't have feelings like and and it didn't matter. Like all that mattered was me. Mm. And so I I almost feel like that's what rapists do and pedophiles is like they almost like just convince themselves. Nobody else has feelings. Nobody else has emotions. No one else gets hurt. They get their jollies off. They do whatever they want to do. And it doesn't really have a lasting effect. And that's how they convince themselves. There's no real victims because they're not feeling this. They're not understanding it. Mm. Oh, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Again, not making an excuse because it's terrible, but I thought it's it's a really good article. I thought you were going to say the 17 year old himself had been raped and he was just doing what no. he had been. He admitted to all of it. And mm. and according to the article, he's like, he's like, I knew the guy was genuine because, first of all, pedophilias and rapists will deny. 
And second, he had, he admitted it right away and, and met with me. And he claims he didn't, the, the rapist claims he did not rape anybody else, which statistically that is probably not true. Mm. But, you know, the fact that he met with him and was open about it was, was kind of unique. So anyways, he's, uh, he, I, I read a couple articles about him just based off that. That's wow. that he does one where he spends 72 days with a group of people doing high end meth that was imported from China, like top end speed that they were doing. And he just hangs out with them and documents what they're doing for 72 hours. Another one. He, oh, so I, I thought he said 72 days. I'm like, did I say 72 shit. days? I meant 72 hours. <laughs> Another right. one. He shaves his head and attends a skinhead uh, festival. Wow. Fucking wild. It's good stuff. Huh. David Holhouse. Look it up. And it's all the articles are on his website. So that's cool. But anyways, and he did a Sasquatch one that's on uh, Netflix that Ian and I watched. I didn't finish it yet, though. I still have the last episode to go. I finished it. Did it was you? good. Yeah, I liked it. I got to watch that. It's not all about Sasquatch. Just to be <laughs> no, clear. it takes a, it takes a real turn. big turn. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. That was a bit of a tangent. Any other thoughts? Any other final thoughts, I guess? Um, I, I would, I guess, encourage anybody that's really interested in this to... Uh, read that book, Filthy Rich. Um, go to the Miami Herald. Read those articles on this. Uh, there, there's a ton that I skipped over to mm-hmm. just tell tell the the bulk of the story and get get the point across in some some parts. But there's so much more to yeah, this. I'm sure there is. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't leave you feeling good. That's for sure. <laughs> Not at all. No. Especially with the, I, you know, I was reading it last night or typing this out last night. I was getting so fired up over the girl being just considered a prostitute. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. You you know, wealthy people can get away with things. That's just the way this country works. But yep. to actually just flat out change a law for one person. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, there's going to be more of that next week and the week after that. And then probably the week after that. And. <laughs> on June 30th, we'll wrap this series up. I think I made that same joke last week, so that's probably not as funny this week. Ooh. What are you gonna do? Alcohols. Retread. <laughs> All right, we got some patrons. Um, I just got this list. I haven't even previewed it yet, so there might be some butcherings. We'll oh see. boy, this should be good. Yeah, this is gonna be a good time. <clears throat> Thank you very much, new patrons. Donna Krause, Caitlin Nielsen, Monsteropedia Podcast, Ryan Dyer. Karen Watton, Matt, Alistair Shaw, Kayla Gresh- Greshamer, Cody Bass, Marissa Crow, Jolene Reyes, Drew Downing, Adam Watkinson, Alexandra Allgaier, Matt Call, Tara Bennett, Lisa Adkins, Josh Airy, Donald Lynn, Kara, Kane Hashke, Catherine Russo, Ryan Pasterkak, Simon Seawright, Sean Rosenberg, Jeremiah Owens, Matthew Blake Jones, Skylar Fiore, Donna Hoffman, Serena Hall, Chrissy Beckley, Brian Chandler, Chansey, Mysteria Heron, Brandon Dallum, Lagista Branham, Christian Wyatt, Alyssa June, Andrea G, Travis Stromson, Andrew Pendulo, Tim Sullivan, and Mr. J. Thank you very much. If you are interested, we are at patreon.com slash necronomapod. I'll give you a C, C plus on pronunciation today. <laughs> Did you study them all ahead of time? No. no. Just but that's your guess. Yeah. <laughs> C plus. Right. I did my best. My drunken best. Ian, what do you got? For iTunes, I have one for Rosie Gal 82684. 
Wapsura, Doobie Blue, and this one looks just like someone hit the keyboard. <laughs> so I'm not reading all that, but thank you guys for the awesome reviews. Dave, you got anything else? I don't have anything, no. Right. I'm just creating your shout outs. That's all. He's done with all I'm of good. us. He's done. <laughs> He's like, be gone from my house now. <laughs> all right. Well, that was part three, and uh, we'll be back next week. All right. You guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers. <laughs>